Hey, everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cold open question of the week. Kaz. What's up, shoes? Word came out earlier this week that uh, according to Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful, Brian Danielson headed up the disciplinary committee that ultimately decided to terminate CM Punk from AEW. Mm. Mm. Here's my question for you. What's up? What's a worse look? Putting Brian Danielson or any other wrestler in charge of whether or not you're firing your biggest star or leaking out that Brian Danielson was responsible for firing your biggest star right after he went to the competition. Oh gosh. So here's my thing, right? I have two, I have two specific takes on this whole thing. One, it's, uh, I guess it's a bad look if a wrestler is sort of basically heading up your HR department when it comes to firing people, even though I don't really know what, other HR department that wouldn't have come to the same conclusion, right? To fire, yes. <laughs> to fire a dude. However, isn't th- is that the face you want to see deciding your fate <laughs> as, a, as as a discipline? Like now, it just opens up all these doors, right? Like uh, we got unbleeped fuck from Adam Copeland last night, so I'm pretty sure Does he have to go to wrestlers. I'm court pretty sure he's got to go to Brian Danielson and pay that fine. Uh, there was a bunch of there was Sammy Guevara and Britt Baker and uh, uh, a couple of other people liking this MJF tweet about not restoring the feeling and not getting any TV promo time. Is that like is Danielson like the judge, jury, and executioner there? I mean. I mean, shit, Tony Khan pretty much said, he straight up said, if anything ever happens to me, let Brian run the show. Yeah. Like, he pretty much said, like, he, that's how much faith he has in him. And if if not Brian Danielson, more fit to run a wrestling company, or at least police a wrestling company, who else is more fit to do it? <laughs> right? Like, True. who's the guy that they respect more? Who's the guy that... um it, what's the difference between him calling the shots and Triple H calling the shots? And and now it kind of it kind of makes a whole lot of sense why he's never been world champion and he's never really had any real wins of consequence and all this type of stuff. It's because he's got this really actual larger role of being, you know, <laughs> his stepdad. You can't, you can't run. <laughs> you can't run wrestlers court. You can't run wrestlers court and be champion. That would be a conflict of interest, right? That would definitely be a con- conflict of interest. I would assume. But I mean, oh, listen, man. <laughs> I just don't get how you, you know what? Let's just start the show because this is a bigger go. conversation. Three. We got a, We got a lot to break down. I like this. What's going on, jabronis? It's pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm 
AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to the listening to you are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. I'm still sick, dude. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I feel like I'm I'm joining you. I don't know if people could see this, but I got a, a rather large cup of tea to try and Ooh. fight off whatever is coming. But you know, if you hear us pause, if you hear a slurp here here and there, this is just protecting our uh, you know our immune system. We want to make sure the listening experience is good for you, but we also want to be healthy. So there. Well, CM Punk is back in WWE. He was on Monday Night Raw. Yes, he Before was. Before we get into the AEW of all this, yes. Let me just say. That episode of Raw was definitely three hours long. It was. <laughs> that is the that is the highest compliment I can pay it. I think. Uh, uh, yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. It was like it was written by AI. Well, here. Okay. So there are things that they're doing right, like formally doing really well. Right. It's like the top of every hour had one of their big baby faces come out and say, "Like, here's where I stand." Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the in-ring action was yeah, pretty good. Um. Three hours is just a lot of time. And, you know, as far as the CM Punk thing goes, and trust me, I'll have some negative things to say about it, but as far as the CM Punk thing goes, like, given, if we start from the point of view that, like, maybe they didn't really have anything for him to say, (laughs) uh, or if you start from the point of view that maybe the entire motive was to make this raw the highest rated raw of all time so that they could because they're actively negotiating rights deals right now they just string it out till the very end was made some sense do um, you remember that episode of Chappelle show when dave Chappelle uh <laughs> it was two episodes right when he was basically like i'm I'm, do- I'm doing this this one minute hbo special and it's basically just him like hyping himself up. It's like, oh, it's about to drop. It's about to drop. It's coming. That was raw this past week, right? Like every hour was I like, CM Punk. He's coming. He's here. He's going to address. He's going to have a live microphone. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Don't go nowhere. It's going to be insane. I'll tell you this, though, right? Like, the, the, I think the actual promo was, I, I know he didn't say much, but I think he did. I think he, I think he addressed a lot, right? Like, I think there was, I don't think there was a whole lot of, um, I think a lot of us are are so conditioned to the controversial line blurring, you know, is he shooting or is he not sort of yeah. promos from CM Punk, uh, which is understandable. That's what's kind of made him e- extremely popular. And uh-huh. I think it was the first time in almost a decade that we got to see CM Punk be a part of a television show. And not just get on TV and air yeah. his grievances and air his gripes and all that stuff. And I think the stuff that he mentioned made storyline sense. Um, if they're starting to, if, the, if this pot is starting to bubble, uh, but the way they drug it out, it, it couldn't have come on a more perfect night of football, though, right? Like the, yeah. <laughs> your biggest competition was like literally the drizzling shits of quarterback play between Josh Dobbs and Justin Fields. So if there was any day for you to have that, that type of programming, that was the day to do it. But I feel you. I understand some people might have uh, felt a way about it, though. He didn't really say anything, but that's mm. fine. Mm. I mean, I think if you needed any further evidence that this deal came together at the last minute, that promo is probably it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, this is just 
they didn't start thinking about what to do with them until he showed up at Survivor Series. Right? Like, did they, did they expect him to come out the first night and be like, Seth Rollins, suck my dick or something? <laughs> like, he can't. They didn't really, I, I didn't expect him to come out and just, just shoot Well, given that the dude in either. real life has gotten got into a backstage fight because a guy said, cry me a river to a camera, you'd think that he might want to get in a fight with Seth Rollins after he flipped him the double bird and screamed at him on, at his, on his big moment. But who knows? Who knows? Um, Listen, it was basically a holding note. It was just like, okay, Punk's here. I'm home. And by the way, for the one millionth time, don't waste my time with your hypocrisy arguments. <laughs> this whole, oh, look at this quote of CM, what CM Punk said when Triple H took over. Oh, look what CM Punk said in this shoot promo on Dynamo. I mean, come on. Yeah, who man. cares? I, I don't care, to be honest. I've, I've, that train's off the station a long time ago, obviously whatever gripes, whatever story that I feel like is going to be told, I feel like that's going to, they got a whole lot of time to tell it. And why yeah. the hell would you blow that load on the first night? So, I mean, I, you said he didn't say a lot of stuff. I think he, I think he, he acknowledged that he was gone for a while. He acknowledged, yeah. um, he certainly was. Yes. He acknowledged he was gone for a while. He acknowledged that, um, you know, people were happy to see him and he acknowledged the people that weren't happy to see him. I think the mentions of, in this ring, on this microphone, even on commentary, was subtle shots at, you know, the Seth Rollinses, the, you know, other yep. people who've called themselves best in the world. Even at commentary, there's the thing with him and Corey Graves that's yep. sort of been unspoken for a while. He did the little trot around the ring after the after the promo, maybe referencing the, the the collision young bucks bit there was a lot of subs in there there was some there was some jay-z level subliminals going on but as far as just you know taking the hammer to the to the ants uh you know metaphorically uh-huh he was extremely subtle in whatever he was trying to say so i think on first glance on first listen i felt the same way you felt like this guy didn't really say much of anything that could have been a, that could have been a post-it <laughs> but after I've watched it and listened to it a little bit more, I'm like, oh, okay, this plants, this seems being planted here. He mentions the wise man and saying, you know, he had to leave to come back to truly get what he wants. And I think the quote that really stuck out to me the most was, um, I'm not reaching for the brass ring anymore. It's in my back pocket. Yeah. And I thought that was such an ill line because the one thing I thought about with this whole CM Punk return is this is a way that you can eventually, not now, but eventually, isn't this the way you turn Roman babyface eventually? Right? <laughs> like, like, first off, saying he's got the brass ring in his back pocket, he's basically, you know, a guy who left the company as one of the hottest dudes um, at his heat. There's a story to be told about how he sort of held back Roman and held back Seth, two guys that are, people really love and 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 really uh, you know are fans of. And I think when it comes to the um, you know the brass ring sort of uh, thing that he said, what uh, there's a there's a there's a timeline there where you can get CM Punk. And one thing we've learned about, you know, all the fans here, especially in, in WWE, AEW, whatever, is that there's wrestling fans, there's WWE fans, and there's specifically CM Punk fans. Sure. And I feel like if you put him against Roman eventually, whether he's the champion or not, 
or he's with the wise man or not, you know, there's a way you could logically turn him babyface. And, you know, CM Punk just becomes the person who's who's mad with power. A lot of people say he sounded phony. Okay. He sounded like a corporate guy. He sounded like somebody who had, you know, a, a ton of power now all of a sudden. And maybe there's a way you could turn it into that. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's the way I saw it. On Yeah, on, I mean, listen, when Punk and Roman eventually go, you know, get in the ring together, and I think it'll happen. I think that obviously, you know, you got Paul Heyman there as a sort of connective tissue as a mediator between the two sides for with, with an opponent like punk all if you're roman reigns all you have to do is to be convinced of the fact that it's a good business decision right and 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 Heyman can make that case um so yeah i think that'll happen i'm not sure about how the crowd's gonna cheer one way or the other i think it's possible i think what you're saying is possible but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna turn. I think they're gonna be. There's gonna be rabid CM Punk fans and yeah. rabid Roman fans. Yeah. And I think Paul Heyman sort of being the connective tissue between all those guys is a way you, you could possibly turn Roman babyface in the event Cody finishes the story at WrestleMania or whatever happens after WrestleMania with with you know whatever Roman whoever sure. Roman is uh, feuding with. Yeah. Sure. I mean, listen, we're two shows into the CM Punk, the new CM Punk experiment. I mm-hmm. think the real question is, as always, is will the fans allow him to be a heel? Mm-hmm. Which is sort of crazy when you think about it. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get into all that stuff. Um, so, we, so we subliminally called out Seth Rollins, you know, this is Corey Graves, whoever else. Uh, is Rollins still the number one guy on the dance card? Is Rollins the, the, the number one match we want to see right off the bat? I think off the bat, yeah. Um, the more I thought about it, I'm starting to see like Cody Rhodes be the guy I want to see him against mm-hmm. the most. I think there's a whole lot of story to tell there between, you know, Cody's last promo where he basically said, you know, the pipe bomb it was basically what started this entire revolution and all yeah. the stuff that you talked about doing, I actually went out and did. Um, I think that's an incredible story to tell. And of course, it's the personal story to tell with Seth and and CM Punk and how they kind of take it from there. Uh, But him straight up mentioning Paul Heyman off his debut, re-debut, piques the interest that maybe that's where they go for Royal Rumble first. Maybe, Maybe we get Roman Punk first and then we get Seth Punk at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, that's a possibility. I think there's a way you could get out of that match with Punk still looking good and not necessarily losing a straight up, you know, one on one. I mean, we've seen it a million times with how they can make people still look but there's strong. No other, like, there's no other like lingering punk feuds, right? There's no one that he has like history with that we've just like like should be caring about too. Does he have any backstage heat with anybody in WWE that we know of? <laughs> Did he put the Miz in a locker? Did he like? Was I mean, there any- yeah, there's there's the, there's a story with the Miz. I mean, he the Miz kind of got thrown under the bus during that entire pipe bomb promo. Yeah. The entire Best in the World DVD was basically a, a a Miz, you know, bus throwing incident. But I mean, there's bus throwing. Yes, <laughs> there's a lot of. I mean, there's AJ Styles, right? Like those are two people that I've never, you know, well, I don't remember off top, sort of. Um, those guys feuding. I mean, we've never seen CM Punk and Finn Balor. Make up some heat just to play off of the story. They should just be like, just leak out to somebody <laughs> online. It's like you know who really who never who always hated each other for no apparent reason. CM Punk and Johnny Gargano. 
Like there's a lot of CM Punk tried to take Gargano's girlfriend back in the day or something like that. And uh and then they fire Johnny Gargano. Just like that, you know, it's just like just right. it, without without telling without saying why, it just seems like CM Punk got Gargano fired, but it's fake. And then like he gets to come they come back and they have a big fight. But here's um, the thing, right? Is there is are we making too much of you know what happens like what's real and what's not with for CM Punk. I think it's been so long. I think we forgot that like he used to actually just tell really good stories and actually be really creative. Like the new Nexus stuff, the straight edge society, like yeah. all that. Like I'm kind of more looking forward to him being able to just, you know, be settle in. Be just a pro being wrestler a, again. Just being a pro wrestler again and not doing the whole voice of the voiceless. I'm a martyr. I, let's revolutionize this thing. Like yeah. it's revolutionized, bro. Like it's happened. Like it is here. Yeah. yeah. They hired you. They hired you. They hi- and right? they hired you back and you, and you are being treated like the biggest star that is in that company, at least one, a one B. So you can't really come in with the whole, I'm the voice of the voiceless. This place needs change. Let's get some ice cream bars, all that bullshit. I just want to no, see. This CM is Punk the company of it. the voiceless. Now we got a voice. Yeah, we got a voice. There you go. But my thing is, I want to see CM Punk go back to just telling wrestling stories. Yeah, me too. And just like when, do he, when he, when he like uh poured, Oh, wait, that was Jericho. When Jericho was like yeah. pouring booze on him or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like just do shit like that, man. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of wrestling politicked out when it comes to storylines, right? Like Same. I'm ready to just. Well, speaking of wrestling politics, we talked about it at the top of the show. It looks like, first of all, I don't want to imply that Tony Khan is the one that leaked the news that Brian Danielson was running wrestler's court. If, if for no other reason, then because clearly every wrestler knew, knew about this. The fact that it was kept under wraps for this long is pretty amazing, but there's just, you know, Brian Danielson went and gave a speech to the locker room after they came to this decision, apparently. So that means like there are a hundred people who could have leaked this, right? The odds are probably, I mean, just that just makes the odds of it being Tony Khan super low. Also, it's just a bad look. Listen, Punk did what he did, right? As Tony Khan can decide to fire the guy or not. But as soon as you put it to wrestler's court, you're signing his, his, his jail sentence or whatever. I don't know what the metaphor is here. I don't want (laughs) to say death warrant, but you're, but like, as, if, as soon as you put it a panel in charge of it, then you're then you're functionally firing him because nobody can review the facts and be like, no, we think what he did was okay. Right. Well, right? He, what he did wasn't okay. I mean, I don't know. No, where- I totally agree. I just think it's on Tony Khan. I mean, Tony Khan didn't have to fire him, right? Tony Khan could have been like, no, he's worked too much the, to the company. We're gonna keep him around. But I think soon, they had but, to fire him. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. And they did yeah. the right thing. I'm just yeah. saying that once you pay, like, like you, Tony Khan could have just made that decision, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he felt, right. I mean, for, right. for whatever reason, he felt like he wanted to give it to the wrestler's court. But here's the thing, though. Up until, what, two days ago, everybody thought he just made the decision, right? Yeah. Like, up until two days ago. And, you know, nobody really batted an eye. I think the fact that it leaked out is what makes it so interesting, right? Like, when it comes to, you know, that disciplinary board, I mean, I'd love to know who else was on it, right? Like, I, I know who they Who would have, you put on your wrestling disciplinary board? My wrestling disciplinary board? Well, they have to be people that have level-headed thoughts and are, are people that are like-minded and, you know, would, would make fair and Does it and help if they have decisions. law enforcement gimmicks? That's my like. Is would the big boss man make a good member of Wrestlers Court because he's a Hell cop no. from Cobb County, Georgia? 
Hell no, that's way too right wingy for me. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want that guy kept passing down judgment. But I will take. I, I'll take. A, I'll take. A, I'll take a Mustafa Ali on my on my disciplinary board. Okay. Right. He has some. He has some police background, but he doesn't seem like a guy that's super. You know, uh, judge, jury, executioner. I need somebody like that. I super respect and that I'm probably low key frightened to piss off because I don't want to see that person. Right. So uh-huh. I mean, off rip, Brock Lesnar, <laughs> right? Like, like if Brock, like if Brock, yeah. they were like, "Yo, Brock, we're gonna pay you an extra twenty million dollars. You don't got to do any more dates. You don't got to do nothing else. You can yeah, still it's work." Key your that, it's key dates. that Brock is getting compensated because you don't want like hungry Brock Lesnar, <laughs> like who knows who has a steak waiting for him at the hotel, trying to deal with your. You were whatever back backroom indiscretions because he'll 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 just send you to jail and run and walk away. You mean to you mean to tell me if if Triple H or Nick Cobb walked up to the to the to the board of directors or the or the superstars of the company and be like, hey, listen, I know this is you guys may not know this, but Brock Lesnar is actually a, a certified paralegal. And he has, um, he's had actually a very extensive background in um, human resources and uh, a paralegal department in Minnesota. So we're going to give him a 20% raise. He's not going to work any extra dates, but, you know, he's going to head up our disciplinary board. How tight of a ship do you think that thing is running? <laughs> if Brock Lesnar is the guy that <laughs> you got to answer to once you fuck up, especially oh, if you get into a fight. Like, I bet if Brock Lesnar was the head of the AEW disciplinary board, he'd be like, okay, you got into a fight. The only fair thing to do is just give us three minutes in a room, no windows. And just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, CM oh, Punk, man. he's worth a lot of money. No, so Brock Lesnar could not be a you. part of the disciplinary board. We could fire you or we could just get these three minutes out and just, you no, know. No, listen. <laughs> The disciplinary board is sort of, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's not significantly different than HR, right? This is right. it's like he did what he did, and if someone's going to have to go over the case, they're going to find him guilty, right? Of course, of course. I, I don't think I don't think Brian Danison did anything that any HR department in any company would have done. No, wouldn't have done. No, not at all. Danielson did the right thing, but I I think that the only I think that the fact that it comes out right after Punk debuts in WWE, people are they're thinking, oh, look, he's trying to cover their ass. I don't be- actually believe that that's true. But if it is Tony Khan trying to cover his ass, I don't think it's a very, he's doing a very good job of it because mm-hmm. Tony Khan on his own deciding to fire CM Punk seemed like the most defensible place to be, right? You've, pushed, you've gone too far, Punk. You're fired. Okay, we're all, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, I don't need to put it on somebody. Oh, listen, Tony Khan didn't make the decision. Somebody else made the decision. Oh, it's just so silly. Um, yeah, it, 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 and, and not for nothing, low key, lowest of keys. I think the absolute lowest of keys out of all this kind of makes Brian Danison look a little bit of a gangster, right? Like, <laughs> kind of makes him look a little bit like a fucking like a shot caller. Like I'm watching Dynamite yeah. and I'm seeing him on commentary. I'm like, damn. And ballsy move too, right? Like right after this thing leaks, like, you know what? I'm going to do commentary the whole night. And make sure that, you know, we're we're keeping this train on the tracks and people are wondering what he's thinking, what he's doing, whatever. He should have fired. Yeah, he should have just been firing people from the mic. That would have been great. Pulls up with the eye patch. What if what if they lean all the way in? Right. Like, remember the Montreal screw job? Like the Montreal screw job was when 
Yeah, I'm like, remember that? Like, <laughs> it's like member berries. Um, the byproduct of the Montreal school screw job was that it turned Vince McMahon into a character. They created Mr. McMahon. What if this somehow creates Brian Danielson. Danielson? Yeah, like as as an on-screen authority figure. I think we've been crying for it for a while, I think. I think we we kind of thought Tony Khan should have been the guy that, you know, sort of lean in to be more of an advisory. Yeah, uh, um, you know, uh, but, uh, but Brian Danielson, you know, new gimmick as the head of the disciplinary board, shoot and in, and in uh, yeah. kayfabe. That brings a whole new layer to his character, no? Like, it probably does. wouldn't have to wrestle as much. You know what I mean? Like, would be much of a, more of like a mob boss, like, you know. I would just give him a judge's robe. Just have him yeah. walk around the old-fashioned judge's robe. I say lean in. Lean all the way hammer. in. You know, like, I think that the Blackpool Combat Club stuff is sort of, you know, on running on fumes at this point. I think... Head of the disciplinary board, Brian Danielson, on camera as a character, handing out real life, real ass, not, not real, but you know, real discipline to wrestlers yeah. and all that stuff. Adds a whole new layer to his character, gives him much more, makes a whole lot of sense why he hasn't been world champion yet. Yeah. And I don't know, in a way, well, it kind of makes him seem like a little bit of a badass. Like he did, he did the hardest thing that that company had to do. Yeah, he should just own it. <laughs> he just just yeah, own like, it, right? Just like fuck, yeah, I did that shit and what? Yeah. And anybody else gets out of line, you can get the yeah, fuck punk, out of here too. Punk didn't screw punk. I screwed. I punk. screwed punk exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the. You think it was that guy taking watching. my TV time? No. <laughs> um, Everywhere I've gone, this guy has been a bit of pain in the ass to me. He, he almost fucked up my yes movement. Fucked up my Ring of Honor run. Now he almost fucked up the AEW shit. Get him the hell out of here. And I don't want to see his ass ever again. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I guess as we're talking about last night, you want to talk about the uh, the ski mask minions? Boy, do I! We got MJF and <laughs> and Samoa Joe against uh, two of the two of the devils, the devils minions next week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, one of the dudes looks conspicuously like Wardlow. Yes. Guy carrying the bat, he was you know of that size, of that shape, and then in the next segment, Wardlow came out to wrestle, and his hair was messed up, almost like he'd been wearing a ski mask. I'm guessing this is supposed to be really obvious, right? <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens. I think if it's Ward, if Wardlow is involved, then there's one of two things going on. One, the whole Devil crew is not the undisputed elite or whatever it's 
or sorry, the Undisputed Era. But instead, it's all of MJF's, you know, Ghost of Christmas Ghost past, of Christmas past yeah. come all back to haunt him. So over. it's all those people are working together to take him out, right? That's option one. Option two is that it's MJF and he's got, you know, one of his old running, couple of some of his old running buddies back. Um, Because it wouldn't make sense if it was like Adam Cole and, you know, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and Wardlow. That would just be a weird throw in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, yeah. Home, homeboy looked ex- conspicuously large. Uh, the, one of the it was Wardlow. Dude. It was definitely him. And then afterwards, saw his hair was a little disheveled. Yeah. Looked like him. somebody who just had a scully on or a ski mask or it something. Was, I like think that. we were supposed to get that. I think that was I think that was deliberate. Right. Right. Um but then uh, but my Everybody's, guess is when they have this tag match, because they're gonna string this out to World's End. I mean, they can't they're not just gonna do the quick reveal. Of course not. And I will reiterate my problem with the storyline now is that if it turns out it was Adam Cole and it turns out he wasn't really injured, and this is a lot of ifs. It's just sort of like squandered because he no because he could have been back from injury. There's no shock to him being able to walk, right? Anyway, no. or be able to work. But anyway, um I think it's gonna be some jo- some I think it's gonna be some people from MJF's past under the masks, but not Wardlow when they fight this tag match. I think it's gonna be like then you have a thing with like the butcher and the blade for a while. Like it's gonna be like that, right? And you're going to pull off and be like, why the heck are you guys? And they're like, we've been mad at you for years, you know? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. then you start getting the idea, wait, all of these dudes under masks are dudes that MJF has pissed off in the past. Right. It's people, people he stepped on to get to where he is. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of time spent with devils and people in masks. And- is, it, is, it, is it a make or break? sort of thing with this devil reveal? Like, is this, is this reveal? I don't know what the... It's either Adam Cole... No, I mean, or, just as, as far MJF as... MJF himself. But I think MJF himself is leaves a lot wanting, right? I mean, you can see in the, in, my, in the micro, right? It's like, oh, MJF's going to let these dudes beat the shit out of beat the shit out of Samoa Joe in the tag match and that'll help MJF in their title match. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, but what is that the long con? Just like we're, I'm just going to beat up all my opponents by befriending them and then letting someone else beat, wear them down. I don't know. It just seems like a very strange con. Um, I think MJF being revealed as a devil will, unless it's done just right, is going to land like a, with a thud. And then, Adam Cole at this point is so far and away the only compelling one that if they keep stringing this out, even that's going to feel like a letdown. You know, it's, it's 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 been too obvious for too long. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to believe that. I'm not necessarily sure. Like, I I was with you for a while, right? Like, I I I was with you on the Adam Cole thing. I think it would have made the most sense. It would have been the most interesting sort of turn. But I'm starting to come around on the belief that the man's really hurt (laughs) and we're probably not going to see him uh, be a part of this or he's not as hurt as um, he he let on to be because I just think they'll miss too many opportunities to take advantage of him being on TV if he wasn't as hurt as they were saying he was. Um, But I do think this reveal has a lot riding on it. Like I, I, I think, you know, a lot of people, this is the end of the year. 
World's End is in MJF's hometown. Um, it's a New York market. You know what I mean? It's going to be a big show. It can't let it can't land like a fart in church. Like it can't. Whatever they have planned on doing, if it's not a combination of surprise and intrigue, well, sure, then it's gonna suck, right? Like if it's something. What that is it, I mean, what is it gonna be? Like we talked about this before. Who? What are the? What are the? What? What is the complete list of possible options that are not terrible? Uh, Wardlow, Cole. No, that's terrible. <laughs> Cole, undisputed yeah. era. Um. I think it's cool. MJF. A, a, MJ- a, a faction of debuting people who were released from WWE. Uh, like a combination of like Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali. <laughs> um, no, that's terrible. That's terrible? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know then. It's got to be a real star if it's a debuting thing. And somebody well, with Dave, history. Maybe, maybe we're not asking the right question. Maybe this, maybe this, maybe this gimmick just is terrible. And there's just that's no the way. problem with these gimmicks that we've no had a million of them in wrestling history. They're almost always terrible. Yeah, it's it's rare. Like the only time I think it's ever really pulled off, like the Who Done It, was you know Vince McMahon. It was me. It was me all along. No, Austin. that was terrible. It was terrible. That wasn't even supposed to be the answer. What? That so was like was a last minute you? booking switch up. So what was it? What was it for you? <laughs> what, what was the time that it ever, it ever actually worked? I don't know that it's ever worked. I think the closest, I mean, when Austin got hit by a car. When the was, gobbledygooker came out of the egg? Was that the? <laughs> I think who hit, who ran over Stone Cold with the car was interesting. And then when it was Rikishi, it That's made sense, it. but it was just still like, uh, that They had to change that one too, right? That wasn't supposed to be Rikishi, was it? Was it? No, he did it for The Rock. <laughs> go on with no, I me. Like they change, I think they always change the plans, and that's why they're so bad. You always go, they always, they always go in without knowing what the answer is. Who's Vince McMahon's son? I think Tony Khan has known from the beginning what the answer is. I just don't mm-hmm. think there's a lot of good options here. You think now, Tony Khan would be the best sort of answer? Do you think at the end, Tony Khan is revealed as the person behind all of this stuff, and he makes MJF re-sign his uh, AEW contract in blood? <laughs> and then he becomes, oh, you thought you were going to no. fuck Tony me Tony Khan would be terrible. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go super left field, yeah. make it like Dave Meltzer or somebody. <laughs> like, what would be Meltzer's price tag to come in and play that role? God. If it was Dave Meltzer, they might sell the company like the next day. <laughs> so they just need to put that shit up for sale the next fucking day. If it was Dave Meltzer. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know how you stick the landing on this. I really don't. I think I thought Swerve was going to be a good choice for a while, but I think they're sort of moving away from that or not even, you know, he hasn't really been a heel the past two weeks, right? Like, he's, he's kind of he's kind of first baby no, face. No, he's in this tournament yeah. putting on five-star matches left and right. I probably would have kept him out of the tournament. As fun as it is to see him, his match against Switchblade was insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in a company like AEW or in any company, it's a net positive to have a wrestler enter the conversation of best wrestler in the world. And that's certainly where they're going to get with him really quick. But after that match against Hangman, I might have just had him looming in the shadows for a little while, right? It's just like, now we know you're a supervillain. You're top, absolute top tier. Yeah. Maybe keep him out of the tournament. But that's a judgment call because, you know, what do I always say? I mean, at the beginning of the, at the or sorry, at the end of the day, every pro wrestler's gimmick should be 
relying, I mean, should be a, a big part of it should be that they're a professional wrestler. Right. Right. This is a thing that they chose to do with their lives. Not that it's not about gimmick. It's about 50% of every personality should be, I have chosen to engage in combat sports for my career and I would like <laughs> to win matches. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe so maybe being but that there's, but there's triple crown thing. champion is meaningful to him, which by the way, ring of honors, they're sucking one of ring of honors titles into this whole triple crown. And we got final battle coming up in a couple of weeks. Brian, Brian water is our resident ring of honor correspondent. Correct me if I'm wrong. But don't we have a big Ring of Honor pay-per-view with no matches announced and one of their titles is about to get about to get stolen by this triple sure. crown? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you this, man. Uh, yeah, final battle, December 15th. It's you December know, 15th? No matches, yep. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that'd be news to me because you know what? Maybe Tony I'm, Khan I'm is the devil. That would explain why he doesn't have time to book Ring of Honor. He's just spending too much time in a mask, torture, tormenting uh, MJF. Planning sneak attacks and shit. I'll be honest, man. Ring of Honor could have uh, five matches announced already, and I wouldn't be able to tell you a single one, <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, but I, to circle back on the Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson stuff, I think one thing, one story that I think sort of uh, we haven't talked about yet is uh, QT Marshall. Um, oh, we didn't talk about QT leaving AEW. R- resigning. And the story around it was, or I guess the quote that, that got picked up was, well, they're, they're moving in a different direction company-wise. They want to be more like New Japan and not tell stories and just do... It's always been AEW. They're not, if anything, which moving, is just like, they're moving which show more, have you been more at a storytelling direction. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, which I guess if, if their, their idea of storytelling is, is QTV and all this other stuff, then I guess, yeah, they're mm. probably moving in a different direction because that stuff was not. That was good. another thing that leaked that Punk was the one that axed QTV, but Tony Khan took the, like, you know, took the blame for it. He just said it was his decision, which, by the way, it is his decision. He's in charge. It is. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, QT Marshall's a weird one. Apparently, he's getting a lot of jobs backstage and was very valuable to the company, but just had a, a you know, again, according to all this scuttlebutt, just was a very, you know, had, had a very specific idea of what pro wrestling should be and didn't think that they were ever going to get there in AEW. And frankly, I agree. And frankly, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, they are doing more, like they do more like WWE style. And I, and I, I shouldn't even use that phrase, but they do more like storytelling, you know, stuff at the top of the car. Look at what's happening with MJF and a bunch of dudes in masks. Right. You could um, argue that that stuff's not really working. <laughs> that stuff's not really doing. Well, it's a, well. maybe, maybe not, but, but it certainly never worked as the, you know, down the card. Mm. Right. It always just felt kind of silly when QT Marshall, for example, would come out and have a feud with somebody and it was just kind of hammy for no reason. You know, um, I think it makes a certain amount of sense that you, kind of treat the bottom half of the company like sort of quote unquote real sports and then let the storylines, you know, focus on the storylines at the very top. But, but you got this continental, you got this continental classic that started that is, is taking up a, a good chunk of your show. Right. I mean, no storylines in that. Not no, yet. no, I don't I know. Mean, I, I don't know what the deal is with QT though, because it, Meltzer said the biggest thing was he wanted to be a, he wanted to be a pro wrestling star. I mean, I, I, is he, don't we maybe, all? Maybe we'll go. To, yeah, maybe we'll go back down to Mexico and and live out that dream. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I'm not exactly sure what the r- roadmap is for him. I mean, that's that's Cody. That's Cody's man's, bro. That's Cody's man's. He, he might, go, but, might play. But, but what's he going to go work in Florida? 
I mean, I guess he, he probably loves NXT. That's probably exactly the sort of story storytelling he wants to do. Oh, hell yeah. He'd be all about, about uh, you know, the, the D'Angelo family and doing all that type of, you know, storytelling stuff. Chase I mean, he, you. He'll take over Chase you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe. Like, that, that's probably right up his alley. But I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? I uh, mean, wrestling is a really freaking weird industry. <laughs> right? Imagine trying to run one of these companies. Every like, there are so many people that are just like, "Hey, do you want to hire so and so?" You're like, "Dude, I could fantasy book him. Like, I know exactly what to do with them. I know the perfect use for him." Mm -hmm. And then you meet him, and the dude's just like, "So, how about me as world champion?" You're like, "Okay." <laughs> I was thinking more like third member of the D'Angelo crime family. You know, <laughs> it's just like, "Yeah, but what about me as world champion?" Like, every if you're a wrestler, like the odds are you probably want to be the biggest star in the world, right? I would assume so. I would assume so. I feel like anybody who gets into this business gets yeah. into it for the opportunity to be a wrestling star. But, I, I mean, I think the QT Marshall stuff is interesting because it comes out around the same week we find out just how much power Daniel Brian Danielson has backstage. And Tony's mentioned it in passing before. But, you know, I think that... That news leak followed by that Danielson tweet sort of lets everybody know that it almost it seemed like a regime change. It seemed like a call of arms, like a call to action. Like what was the, what was the Danielson tweet? Oh, the thing about how like what his said, dad told him. Yeah, he basically said my father told me when I was younger. Uh, some of the I don't have the exact wording, but he basically said if you, you know, do the, the right thing. It might not be the popular thing. It might not make the most money, but people you know you'll, people respect you for it because it's the right thing. Of course. Um, yeah. Then maybe that's part of the right thing. I mean, who knows? I mean, <laughs> who knows the type of conversations him and Brian Dennison had that led to him being like, you know what? I probably don't have enough swing around here, as much stroke around here as I thought I did. And maybe it's time for me to go. And that usually happens in companies, right? Like when, when somebody gets oh, promoted. You think, you or think QT's somebody... mad that he wasn't in charge of wrestler's court? Do you think that was part of the? <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Because, I mean, if if what you're reporting is true about all the other, you know. I'm not reporting uh, anything. <laughs> well, all the other, um, you know, all the other uh, responsibilities he had backstage, I'm sure. He must have felt some type of way, especially. No, he had like Dennis a he had like an office contract. He was yeah. like doing he's doing rundowns for the show. I mean, he was you know helping with the production and creative, less so recently apparently. Mm -hmm. um, and I think working talent relations, you know, whatever. I mean, that would have been a great gimmick for him. Head of talent relations, QT Marshall. That should be just they should just made that his character. Uh, but yeah. So anyway. He's gone. I was joke. Was I joking with you when that news came down? How great it would be if like the big the end of Survivor Series had just been QT Marshall instead of CM Punk. Everything else is exactly the same. <laughs> but as soon as it's about to go out of the air, it's QT Marshall comes out and points at Seth Rollins, and Rollins is just like, uh, "Who are you?" Yeah, I was like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah. Anyway, it is what it is. Uh, so let's circle back to Punk. He is a sort of important character. Isn't mm -hmm. it nice to be able to talk about CM Punk and not feel like we're just fantasy booking, just wasting everybody's time with our silly? Oh, trust me, I love a good, I love a good imaginary fantasy book because it, it gives me the opportunity to possibly look like a prophet. <laughs> but uh, so CM Punk cuts his promo and he's like, "Oh yeah, there's like everybody welcome me with open arms," but there were a few people that did. Um, somebody kissed him on the mouth. Apparently, who kissed him on the mouth, Dave? Who did it? 
<laughs> I thought there were I thought there were a lot of kisses on the mouth. Is it just one kiss on the mouth? He said even some of them kissed me right in the mouth. And I was just like immediately like, who was who was over here locking lips <laughs> with CM Punk back there? That's not his wife. Um that's that. Hey, that Brian was, just popped on the video. Brian, do you have a guess as to who kissed him? You got a guess mouth? who did it? I got a guess. I got a guess. Akira Tozawa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Tozawa yeah, I mean, it could have been. It, it could have been any member of Imperium. They have different, you know, rules That's of true. greeting in the in, in in Europe. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> that'd be great if Gunther's gimmick was he was just kissing people on the mouth right before he powerbombed them. If you saw Michael Cole's reaction to his music hitting, you would think he was probably the one who who, who planted a big old fat wet one on CM Punk afterwards. Like, God damn, I'm glad you're back. <laughs> probably Kofi Kingston, right? Weren't they best friends? Yeah, they were tag team champions at one point, man. Like that was they were they were fun. Kofi gave him a nice smooch. Yeah, man, two former world <laughs> champions, my guys. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, <laughs> This is a terrible joke. <laughs> but since Kofi was fake Jamaican, I don't know if that would have flowed. It was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> but so I think that you can look back on this episode of Raw, which was, mm. as I said long ago, <laughs> real boring. Mm. I mean, not totally boring, but boring. Let me run through what happened on Monday Night Raw. We started off with the gauntlet tag team match. Remember, we all sit down and we're just like, first off, Raw's commercial free. Can't wait to see what CM Punk does. And then it's like, we're going to have a number one contenders gauntlet match for the tag. This is why it's so weird when one of the issues with having a team like uh, like Judgment Day is your tag team champions. When it's like main eventers got your tag team, you know, kind of singles wrestlers got your tag team titles is that the rest of the tag division just doesn't seem to quite match what they're doing. The Creed Brothers won, which is a good look for the Creed Brothers, although they were, I mean, they're absolutely epic. Mm -hmm. They wrestled this whole match like, like someone opened a Christmas present and two puppies jumped out and they just went <laughs> wild in the living room, right? Just like tearing up other boxes and stuff. Like they were just in this like youthful exuberance craziness the whole yeah. way through this match. Yeah. Not as clean as Chris was we're used to seeing him in NXT. And I'm not even talking about the that missed run to the top rope that the Julius fixed in real time, which was nuts. Um, but I was shocked that they won just because I don't really know what the Creed's versus Judgment Day is going to look like. You know, I as soon as they as soon when I looked at this match, when I when I looked at the preview for this match, I was just like, oh, this is going to be a DIY thing. We're going to get these guys involved in the Judgment Day storyline or so. You know, mm -hmm. it just it made a little bit more sense. But anyway. Mm -hmm. Bronson Reed fought Ivar. Ivar, sorry. Uh, big Hoss fight. Great stuff. A lot of meat. A lot of meat. We got some flipping. We got some splashing. I thought it was. I thought it was good. It was a cast uh, special. Nia Jax it. over Zoe Stark. I really thought Zoe Stark was going to win that one. That felt like a get your heat back sort of thing. But anyway, right. uh, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven retain their titles. I don't know. I mean, eh. Eh. I enjoyed that match, but again. Actually, I love everything that Chelsea Green has done. I think that Chelsea and Piper are a really good, fun tag team. But I would have rather that been like... They're a lot more fun in a sea of like more serious, earnest wrestling, right? right. And, there, and we're, there's just not a ton of it on this show, although the, the big man match was that. 
Oh, and then Randy, Randy and yeah, Randy and Dom was good. I it was. It, it was. Yeah. It was really good. Um, Randy went over clean. That was great. Uh, <laughs> also, we got what else did we get? We got uh, Shinsuke Nakamura attacking Cody Rhodes. Mm, that that piqued my interest a little bit. I, oh, that, for I sure. think it's gonna be. I think that's gonna be a fun. A fun match and definitely a fun. We got uh, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre are mad at each other. And now Drew's heartbroken because Seth's going to fight Jey Uso for the title. <laughs> that was a good reveal. That mm -hmm. was really fun. Tell me who you're going to fight. Okay. I'll just say it. It's Jey Uso. <laughs> yeah. It was a solid, it was a solid uh, moment too, right? The freaking, the headbutt. When oh, the, yeah. the immediate blood that came out from his head. Uh, that was, Dude. you couldn't get that. You couldn't get a better shot than that if you tried that a million different times. It's perfect. Well, you could have gotten it without the skirt, without the the the, the leather kilt falling off. That was a little bit awkward. <laughs> and he's out there in like the Shawn Michaels style bicycle shorts for the rest of the segment, and the camera's all trying to keep everything above the waist. Yeah, it looked kind of uh, crazy. You know, it's 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 almost like wrestling without knee pads. It's like you don't realize people are wrestling in their underwear until someone's actually in their underwear, and you're like, yeah. oh, put some pants on. What's this about? <laughs> Should Drew wear pants in general in the ring? Should would he be would we be better off if Drew was wearing like long tights? And then and cover, up, run? cover up those million dollar quads? Hell no. <laughs> those things are those things could crush watermelons. You gotta you gotta put pump the skirt out or the kilt out. Dude, Sorry, he looks no disrespect. Right yeah, now. He's a, so big. Yeah, he's Scottish Brock, like you said, man. Be, be Scott Brock. Um <laughs> Scott Lesnar. Yeah. Scott uh, Lesnar. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff that happened, but it wasn't until the very end that they brought out CM Punk and he just kind of said a few things and did whatever. And I guess the rating was really crazy. And WWE is about to announce their new, you know, WWE, uh, Triple H and Nick Khan were not there because they're out in LA negotiating the new TV rights deal. Now, there's some rumors, by the way, that Time Warner Discovery is like, or whatever they're called now. Warner Brothers Discovery. Warner Brothers Discovery is gonna is potentially in the bidding for Raw. Now, what would that what would that mean for the wrestling business if Warner Brothers is like, eh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do business with WWE? David Zaslov, who's the chairman of of this whole enterprise, is apparently loves big, CM Punk. Apparently, a big CM Punk fan. <laughs> yeah, yes, he does. Well, apparently, the other the other um, options or runners apparently is uh, Disney, Amazon. And uh, FX, which I think would fall into the Disney umbrella. That's Disney. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, it could stick with USA. It could, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different options that it, I mean, I'm sure that, that aren't being discussed. Amazon would be streaming, right? I mean, it's you go to your Amazon Prime app or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, is that, can Raw really be go over the top? I don't know, man. What if NBCU just put down another, you know, $2 billion and they were like, Raw is airing exclusively on Peacock from now on? I almost feel like that'd be a downgrade, right? Like, yeah, no, I know. But with, like, mm -hmm. what would what would happen to Raw? Amazon's obviously got a much bigger footprint than, right. than Peacock. But, but like, even, even then, then, right, you know, if Amazon's sort of uh, dealings with the NFL and Thursday Night Football, that's seen mixed results. And that's the National Football League. Yeah. Granted, Thursday night football games are never really the best games anyway, but I mean, you never, there's no real metric to tell whether that's doing well or not. So I don't know what that would mean for, for WWE and especially for Raw, but I think obviously the most interesting. I think it could be really bad. I mean, I think it will, yeah, you, you know, it'd be good for it. It'd be really good for NBC Universal. 
Mm-hmm. This could have been a whole like a like cause and effect. This could have been the the whole the whole the secret plan all along, right? We're gonna switch from Raw to SmackDown. You can make an extra five billion dollars selling Raw to Amazon, mm-hmm. and then Raw will stop mattering, and you'll put all the good stuff on SmackDown, which NBCU owns now. Or what if it ends up on Warner Brothers Discovery? And it's not a bad thing for AEW, but it's a good thing. And they're like, now that we're all under one umbrella, we can put on these super shows and put on these, these, no you know, way. you don't no, think that's the possible? The only way you're going to Warner Brothers Discovery is if you're just like booting AEW off. But if they're, if it's a different deal, if, if they're like, hey, you can either take this deal that we're going to give you because we want to make, we want to own the wrestling business. We want to take the two biz- biggest wrestling companies, put them on BR or HBO Max and BR Sports or whatever it is and, and really lean into that. Or you could hit the bricks. I think they take the, depend looking at where AEW is right now, just as far as like the health of, and I don't know how much their money they're making, but just from the outside looking in, do you want to take this buzz of knowing your fans will have the opportunity of possibly having some crossover events throughout the year? Or are you that, what's the word? If you're, are you still that delusional thinking your competition that you're going to go to a different company or a different show or a different network? Just to I don't think there's any way WWE agrees to do a co-promotion show with AEW. You don't and think I don't think so? there's any way that AEW agrees to it either. You don't think there's a price tag that Warner Brothers Discovery could pay to be like, listen, we're going to pay X amount of dollars, but four times out the year or twice a year, we need to do a a a pro wrestling super show. We want to own the wrestling business and we want to do it. We want to do a shield reunion at, at AT AT&T stadium (laughs) at the end of the year. And, and only you could watch it on HBO or or PR max, whatever the hell I get confused with all these damn streaming that's but I'm just trying to look on the bright side and see like, Hey, if it does end up a Warner brothers discovery, maybe it's not the end of AEW. Maybe it's the way they save it. <laughs> maybe it's the way that they keep that thing going. And they're like, Hey, triple H, Nick Khan, this isn't no. Vince in charge anymore. Maybe triple H and Nick Khan see the value in doing one or two crossover AEW WWE shows a year under the Warner brothers discovery umbrella. I don't know. Sure. I mean, right. If they're like, we get full booking approval or whatever, yeah. I mean, I, but I, I just don't yeah. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm taking that deal in a heartbeat. I'm like, yes, you can book the winners. Yes, you can do whatever you want. Just please don't kick us off TV. <laughs> just keep. Us oh yeah, off. maybe. Just keep us here. You know what I mean? Like do I whatever. Just don't know if doing like a super clash between those two companies is going to be going to add up to anything. Sure, there's matches we want to see, but they're not going to happen the way we want to see them. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if they go with Warner Brothers, I mean, if they if if Warner Brothers Discovery gets the rights to Raw, yeah, I think that my guess is it will look like you know they'll put it on T- uh, TBS or TNT, and then they'll move AEW strict totally to the other network, <laughs> so there's no like you know channel crossover, and we'll just pretend these two things are separate, and then. We'll see how long AEW. Lasts. I mean, don't remember. You remember when Raw went to TNN? Yeah, booted, booted ECW off the air and spelled the end for that company. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the first time WWE's done something like that. I mean, they're just going to find. It. They're they're going for the for the biggest dollar figure. Of course, of course. Where do you think the right place is for them though? FX. I think somewhere in the Disney umbrella, right? Yeah. Like I, I think I think you know. 
WWE is in the product business. And if you've kind of seen their, you know, directions as far as where they want to take their IPs, I think the Disney umbrella is probably, there's not really many bigger places you could take an IP that's owned than it, than, than Disney, right? We've seen what it's done for Marvel. We've seen what it's done for ESPN. We've seen what it's done for, you know, all these entities that they've, you know, absorbed over the past several years. We've seen what they've done for the NBA, basically, yeah. you know? So, um, be I, I personally would 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 want to see it go into the Disney umbrella if that was if that was the choice whether it lands on FX or ESPN or uh, any of these zillions of channels owned by Disney that would that would fit under there I think that would my personal belief that would probably be the best fit. What about you? Yeah, I mean FX is just the most logical choice. I mean logical. I don't mean that as like a. I, we're used to seeing it on network television, right? And pop up on yeah. Hulu the next day. Like, I think this all makes a whole lot of sense. Um, we, you know, we've talked a lot about the Disney WWE sort of synchronicity and whether or not there is any. Uh, yeah. They want to, they want to treat. That, would, that uh, wouldn't shock me too much. If you're in the, here's what I they think. They want to treat characters room, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock and The Undertaker, like Iron Man and Spider-Man. And be able to make money off of these characters like way past, yeah, yeah. you know, the people who play them, I believe. Yes, totally agree. Um, I think if you if these really are the three people who are in the running, this is how I fan I'm gonna fantasy book the TV rights for WWE. Okay. I think Warner Brothers Discovery is there to drive the price up. I think that's it. Obviously, mm-hmm. if they get some, if they get to some crazy number that no one else is going no to get to, you take it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Warner Brothers Discovery is going to break the bank for this either. Despite David Zaslav's love for one Bill Phil, if I'm sitting in the room with these three companies, you know, all bidding for my services, I'll let Warner Brothers Discovery drive up the price. I mean, Amazon's really going to drive up the price, but I'll oh, let yeah. them all drive up the price that Disney is going to have to match for me to put Raw on FX because that's where I want Raw to land, and then. At the last minute, just like Amazon has, you know, created the Black Friday game. We'll go to Amazon and we'll say, okay, why don't you buy, why don't you buy six super shows a year? You know, why don't you buy the exclusive rights to six shows that will invent for you or something like that? Now, this is is just the rights for Raw, right? Like, say if they go somewhere else, would... I'm I'm assuming presumably premium live events will still be on Peacock, right? Or would they be... Well, that contract's going to be up eventually, too. Mm -hmm. Uh... So, you know, that'll be that that will be an option. Now, is that a part of the WWE network? Like, or would that be like would they be able to like resell I mean, the I WWE I, network? I think once a contract's up, you can do whatever you want. I it mean, wouldn't, low, it wouldn't shock keys? me. It wouldn't shock me to see a world where Peacock keeps the library, Peacock gets six pay-per-views a year, and Amazon gets six or something like that. Hmm. Hmm. I, I mean, I feel like there's a world where maybe the stream, you know, Netflix is really trying to get into the live sports game. They're doing mm-hmm. the F ones and all that stuff. Like, what about Netflix? We're going to get in the wrestling game too. Yeah, like they're they're, they're trying to get in there too. Um, Netflix, I think, has enough of a footprint in the in the space to be able to maybe you know facilitate raw airing on 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 the app or something like that i don't know netflix is the one that i mean has just has so many subscribers right yeah around the world too that would be netflix's real interest is to have holding is to have you know obviously the all these rights packages around the world are carved up Mm -hmm. but if netflix Mm -hmm. could sort of 
buy those as they come available, have raw worldwide, uh, that would be huge for them. Anyway, I think we're going to find out really soon what happens with this TV deal. And if it's Warner Brothers Discovery, this is going to be what a freaking news cycle. Oof, That'll man. Be. Imagine losing Cody, Jade, and Punk is like, <laughs> and now for the bad news. <laughs> yeah. right? like, that oh, would be God. So- my gosh. Uh, I hope not, though. Let me put that me out too. there. I really hope I, not. I think, do we say this on the show or are we just texting this? For all of this, like, a, whatever, AEW talk, they, you know, everything that happened with CM Punk, whatever's going on with them right now, like, AEW has been such a force for good. Yeah. Yeah. They've, it's because of AEW that WWE is in the position that it's in right now. Of course, their mere existence have 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 has enriched the entire wrestling business, and you know I, I don't think anybody wants to see it go out of business or or at least change drastically or anything like that. Um, but we've seen this thing happen before. We've seen you know as much as we personally love wrestling, I think me and you and and a lot of people who who are have been around the media game and see how these sort of things sort of go know that. We can love wrestling as much as we want. If the TV deals ain't up to snuff, it's only a matter of time before you know it's 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 not existent. If if it's not right, you know, like well, that's why I hope AEW keeps us going. Um, I mean, obviously, I believe that they will. But look, somebody was saying, oh yeah, like Punk, this Punk moment on Survivor Series only happens because of AEW. That's true. I mean, Punk might have gone back to WWE eventually anyway. But Cody's the big star is because of AEW. You know, my response was, dude, Vince would probably still be running creative if it wasn't for AEW. Like, this company would be totally different. You think that they think the folks at TKO, like, watch the show and they're just like, oh, I think creative has been better over the last six months. No, it's like, no, they're, they pay attention to what people say, right? And the response has been, when AEW started, was, was WWE's in trouble, man. WWE needs to change the way they do business. They're in trouble. And then when it, when Triple H took over and started doing better, people started responding well. Like that's that's what makes the big difference. There was it's too many reactions. moments. There was too many moments during the beginning of AEW where I legitimately thought, "Wow, they're really going to have they're really going to have some issues." <laughs> you know what I mean? There yeah. was moments where AEW was far and away the better product than WWE at certain oh, points, yeah. but. You know, the, the, it's, a, it's a cyclical business and, you know, you got to ride the good times with the bad. And right now, I'm not saying AEW is going through some bad times, but, they, you know. No, well, what they got they going, for- I mean, the, the Continental Classic for, you know, no matter what you think, is the right thing for them to fall back on. When, when yes. nothing else, it, like if, if everything else is going wrong, let's put our the best freaking wrestlers in the world in a tournament, a round robin tournament. Correct. just have some good matches everywhere, we, you know, every night. Um, anyway, not a bad place to be. Not Definitely. a bad place to be. But seriously, though, if, Dan- if Brian Danielson was in- was trying to make the decision whether or not we fire Brian Waters today, what do you think he would say? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian Sometimes Waters... you make the right decision. It's not going to be a popular not the hard, decision. It's not the popular thing, but it's the right thing to do. Well, he'd cause a mutiny. If Brian Danielson came here and fried Brian Waters, I'd walk right back behind Brian Waters with him. I'd go I'd go over to that he'd walk, those res- he'd walk right to the door and when he got when he went through it you'd close it. Yeah. <laughs> me me and Brian would go over to that those wrestling girls and 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 launch their podcasts and 
Keep that shit going, bro. I'll ride. I'll now, ride listen, you, Brian. this is a perfect example. You guys would leave, start a new show. You do great, right? Every chance you got, people be interviewing you like, oh, what was it like working for The Ringer? What was it like working for Spotify? What was it like working for The Masked Man? And you would just be like, you'd be running your mouth off. Like those guys are troglodytes. They're like, you know, they're, they don't know what they're doing over there. They never Absolutely know how to capitalize not, on it. No, no. Here, just hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. So you run your mouth off. You're just saying, you're just talking all the shit you can about Spotify just to build up the, you know, build up attention for your new thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then in like a year or two, Spotify would just come in and buy your little new media company. (laughs) (laughs) This is all hypothetical. And then you would come back and you'd be strutting through the Spotify office and you'd just be, you hop on the Masked Man show again for the first time in two years. You'd be like, guys, I'm home. And people would be like, he's such a hypocrite. He said all that stuff. It's like, no. You succeeded. You got Spotify to hire you back you to right. buy your whole freaking thing. And that's all. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. And yeah. I hit the click on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I wonder which wrestlers are actually there to make friends. I'm hmm. sure there's some folks down in NXT who are just like, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I can't wait to get there so that I can find people like me. Right? Like, I can't wait to get in there and then. And yuck it up with Kevin Owens. He seems awesome. Aside from the best <laughs> friends in AEW, who are the people who are just there to make friends? <laughs> in AEW? <laughs> no, in WWE. Oh, gosh. Uh, who's there to make friends? I would say, the, you know, probably, probably, ironically enough, Randy Orton. I think no, Randy Orton's I mean, done at enough. This point, at this point in his life, he's like, man... Well, the money's coming one way or the other, so you I'm can say it. Regardless, bro, I want to come kick it with the homies and throw, drop some RKO's, and go home happy. <laughs> yeah, man. So we got Randy versus Judgment Day. We got uh, Cody versus Shinsuke. We got Seth versus, I guess, Drew again. Yes. Well, uh, Jay first, which will be fun. Okay. Fire. Uh, I love I love those moments where we see people with the titles and they're like, oh, that fits. And watching Jay hold up that World Heavyweight Championship for a hot second, I was like, that for sure fits. Yeah. Like that 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 could be a thing. One of these days, um, probably won't be this week though. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, I should hope not. We also have Edge and Christian coming up next week, right? Adam and Christian uh, Adam. in Montreal. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Adam dropped the F-bomb on Dynamite last night. Yeah, shout out to the production truck. They was on it on that one. They just, <laughs> they just they completely whiffed. Uh, but yeah, unbleeped fucks on turning network television. It's happened before. Uh, but that, you know, you know who was waiting for him in the back after that fuck went off the air? Who? The head of the the, the, the disciplinary committee. Oh Brian yeah, Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, so we just dropping f bombs now, huh? <laughs> so, that's the thing. That's a problem with putting a wrestler in charge because Danielson probably thought that was fucking hilarious, right? Yeah. He's probably just like la- laughing his ass off. No you know, he said it really nicely to like, all right, guys, listen, listen. Uh, you know, I thought it was funny. Uh, I thought it was great, but uh, you can't just say the word fuck. That'd be $40,000, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> I know you just got here, but you're fired. It's not the, com- the committee has reached its decision. <laughs> Tony Collins is like, dude, you don't have the power to do this. He was like, no, 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 no. The committee has reached its decision. You're fired. <laughs> Remember, he told y'all last year he was a good liar. What if he, he did. told him he could do it and then he lied? He sure, he sure, <laughs> he sure as hell did. Man. Oh, my gosh. 
What if the finals for the Continental Classic is like Danielson versus Swerve or something, and then right before the match, Danielson's just like, the committee is met, met and Swerve, you're fired. So you cannot be. <laughs> so I'm the I am the I am the triple the triple crown champion. That would be oh, great. That God. is your right. That should be the, his character. He should be. He should be lean great, into it, man. Great stuff. Lean into it. Oh man. Um. So yeah, Adam and Ed, I mean yeah, Adam and Christian. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm glad that they're doing it in front of their home crowd, but it's also just weird that we just got them in that weird six man. And uh, the calendar is just weird for AEW. Anyway, we should just end the show. Yeah, we should. Did you hear CM Punk's back? <laughs> no. Fuck. Let me go <laughs> check my phone. That's crazy. <laughs> it's going to be. I can't believe we get to talk about CM Punk again. I think I'm going to do SmackDown tomorrow, guys. I think do I'm going to head to nice. Barclays. If anybody's out there, come say hey. Um, haven't done the graps in a minute, man. You know, we got we got kids we're, we're raising. But yeah. I think I'm What's that, MSG? I'm headed to Barclays, Barclays Center. No, I'm saying that's the last time? Is that I think the last MSG time? was the last time I, I did I did some of the graps. Uh, but I think I'm going to go this Friday. I'm going to go tomorrow. should be a good one. Awesome. Well, let me know if CM Punk's there. I will. I absolutely will. It uh, makes the show go around, bro. Yeah, catch me on Counter on Fanatic Sportsbook Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, gosh, uh, get your Wally Mania tickets. Go to my bio and Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff, and I'll see you guys in April. Um, man, I don't know if I have anything else to uh, promote, but um, yeah, man. Just uh oh man, uh, shout out to everybody who uh got us under Spotify wrapped, right? Those that was really cool. So uh Oh god, yeah. If, we got some we, we got some diehard fans. We if really we do. Your, if we were your number one on Spotify wrapped, all right. Tweet at us. Yes, yes. Anybody anybody who has Ryan is gonna send you an autographed eight by ten of himself. <laughs> Yo, how about this? If we were your number one, I, I will, I will, I will personally, I will personally do this for you. If we were your number one show on Spotify Wrapped, I will personally leave you a video message thanking you for listening to the show. There's a lot of them, a, dude. That could be a lot of time. I'm with it, man. Cameo charges a ton of money for this, <laughs> and I'll, I'll do it just for the love of the game. So wow. until I, until I stop, until okay. I, I'm, I'm tired of it, just tag me if we're number one. I'll shout you out and uh, man, just keep listening to the show, bro. We, we, we love it. We love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do something nice for you guys. So yeah, yeah, tweet at us and Brian, try to keep track of that. All right. Actually, tweet at Ringer Wrestling because I'm not going to check my mentions. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Brian Waters for being the producer of the show. Thanks as always to our EP, Ben Cruz. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out all the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. The Masked Man Show, Cheapy, and Wednesday Worldwide. Apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week. Peace.